Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, drop the subject. Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill, let's get this thing underway. I'm excited to start this morning because we have food on the table, and I will explain in a moment. If you were around uh, for Crosstalk with the morning show, you may have heard that Jarrett was not physically in the studio because he was on a mission. He was at the nearest Popeye's location uh, trying to snag four of these spicy chicken sandwiches. Now, you heard about these yesterday, or or people have been talking about this for about a week or so, right? Yeah. This hot new spicy chicken sandwich that everyone loves. Well, they have two spicy. They have two chicken sandwiches. They have the original and they have the spicy, but they both just rolled out across the country, and there's, they've had like a really good PR blitz on this because there have been articles in you know different. Different places, like oh my god, this is the best chicken sandwich ever. Um, that were leading up to it coming out, and I remember going with a friend of mine last week to Popeyes to try and get one, and they're like, oh, we don't have them until next week, and we're like, what do you mean? Like we were we were yeah. really disappointed. And then you see one of those news headlines that's like, man throws chair at window exactly. because he can't get spicy chicken sandwich. Channel Q host loses his mind <laughs> yeah. in window. You know how that exactly. Goes. Well, I'm excited to try this as well because I think as the LGBTQ community has had, they've been going through a hard time when it comes to chicken sandwiches. We have. we have not been able to enjoy proudly a chicken sandwich that is free of bigotry because of the whole Chick-fil-A thing. So now that this one is coming out and everyone is so excited about it, it's important that we try it. And if we do like it, we can adopt it as our official LGBT-friendly chicken sandwich. We've been needing a chicken sandwich. Um, you know, a bigotry-free sandwich is something that I believe all communities are entitled to. Yes. And um, I'm excited about this. So, okay, here's what happens. I got I texted you all this morning and I said, don't eat breakfast because we're doing the sandwiches. And I got a lot of happy text messages back. So as I was as I was starting to eat my breakfast, I set it down, wanted spicy. And um, that was kind of surprising to me, actually. But everyone was like, I want the spice. Give me the spice. All right, um, so right away, I'm looking in this bag, and I'm for, seeing a chicken sandwich that has pickles, which makes me excited, because I got, that's, a, that's a make or break for me. For To be clear, all four of us here on the show, myself, Allie, Ginger Justin, uh, Emmy Noms for Emmy Noms, um, all of us have the sandwich. It looks great. It's like on a brioche bun. <laughs> It smells. Yeah, they're definitely up in the bun yeah. game. Yeah, way and like there's a great little spread on here that's kind of aioli looking. Yeah, um, uh, orange mystery sauce always a good addition to any chicken exactly, sandwich. Exactly, exactly. Justin, first thoughts before we take any before anyone takes a bite. What are we thinking about how it looks and how it smells? I think it smells really good, actually. I'm pretty impressed. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Justin, talk. Um, I, oh, forget I, it. It's yeah. too much energy. Heavy, heavy essence of pickle. I like that. Big fan. Okay. See, yeah, well. I'm a big pickle like fan like as well. I like that it doesn't look like it's been sat on. Okay, well, that's a good place to start. Yeah, I think a lot of times the idea of the chicken sandwich is better than when you actually order it, and this looks like the idea I had in my head. Like, this is a large piece of chicken. <laughs> this coming from the person who has a pickle in a bag sitting in front of her. Oh, that's for you. Yeah. Oh, that's this for me. This is from the commissary. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, this for is our from... El Chapo thing. Oh, yeah, this is the, the okay. you won this fair and square. First <laughs> bites, let's get in. Emmy right. just took her first bite, cheating. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's crunchy. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm taking mm-hmm. a bite. I think I just got fried bread, and that there's no. Mm. Ch- it was just fried, whatever. It is really crunchy. I like that. This is a damn good sandwich. It is. I'm I'm really into it because it is spicy, but mm. it goes well with the sweetness of the pickle, and mystery orange sauce is is marrying well. Everyone loves eating on the radio, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, mm. And you know how with some fried chicken. 
the ends are so fried that there's no chicken left, and mm-hmm. it's just really, really hard pieces of fried. Yeah. There's none of that. I'm not getting any of that. You know what's here. really good about this is that pickle is like thick. It's not like a, a pickle that you miss. It's like a pickle that's present. Does that I, make sense? I love a thickle. Justin, what do you think? I like the chicken a lot. It's just the right amount of spice, and it's thick with two C's. <laughs> thick with two C's. Is it a thought? Like Oprah and Gail? That's not a thought. That doesn't work, dear. Sorry, honey. Okay, so are we all thumbs-upping this? Are I mean, we going to move forward with, with I mean, trying to make think? this happen? My initial thought was that I didn't get enough sauce. But okay. I just got another bite with a bunch of sauce, so <laughs> happy, okay. satisfied customers. How do you feel about the sauce? It's good. It has like a little bit of a spice to it. It's mm-hmm. um, it's good. It's good. It goes well with the crunch. You yeah, know? I mean, I, like I think what you're what you're mentioning is that it's a spreading issue, and that can be dependent on the location. Some okay. people just aren't good spreading. That's yeah. spreading things on a bun. I think you know? what I love about this is how crispy and crunchy the outside of the chicken is, but then the brioche bun is like soft and like I don't know if it's buttery or what, but like. It's a really good contrast between the two. Yeah, the, the the crunchiness of the fried chicken and the softness of the brioche is is a nice juxtaposition, I will say. All right, I'm gonna do. Oh, you are mocking me. <laughs> no, I'm I was not getting back into the you. sandwich. Sorry. <laughs> oh, she's doing a thing here. I, you know what? I'm not even a big fan of chicken sandwiches. So the fact that I like this yeah. says says a lot. Yeah. And you're I, on a diet this week because you've got a lot going on this week. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be making my Lesbo presence on Butch Pal for the Straight Gal. We're shooting this weekend. So I I am trying to be good. And then when you texted and said we all need to have spicy chicken sandwiches, I was like, well, you said this is your job, Allie. So I'm taking <laughs> no, one I for the you, team. I intentionally called you Allison to guilt you oh, a little you, bit you more. You did call me Allison. <laughs> it this perks is your my job, ears up. Allison. All right, so I'm giving this a four out of five stars on a chicken sandwich scale. What about you? I would say I give it a five out of five. Wow. There's nothing about it that I don't like. Okay. What about you, Ginger Dustin? 4.5. 4.5. Emmy mm. noms? This is out of a five. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would go with 4.2. Whoa. 4.2, just because, like, as Justin mentioned, like, Helen Ray's is, it kills the game. So it's, but this... I, for fast food, this is like definitely. Yeah, that's much. a good on point. That, on that premise, I would give it a higher scale, but if we're like looking at the overall chicken sandwich sort of uh, scale, then. That's a good point, because you're sort of grading on a curve when yeah, it comes to fast food. Exactly. Also, yeah. feel good for yourselves, because I told you people that I don't, as a black man, I don't eat chicken for white people, and I just did this for you guys. <laughs> this was your idea. This was, this was my idea, so feel good about it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what is the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you in elementary school? And hint, might have to do with chicken and white people. No. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Uh, I'm reading some of the responses on the most embarrassing school moments. Okay. And, uh... Well, we got a lot of responses on Instagram story, which I'll read in a moment. But I was also perusing through Reddit because there's all kinds of fun gems there. And the subreddit, in case anyone wants to take a look, is what was your most embarrassing moment in high school? And someone said... I was, wa- I was walking up a flight of stairs with my hands in my pockets, and then I tripped, and I couldn't get my stupid hands out of my pockets. I bashed my head in on a step, rolled down the staircase with my hands still oh my in my God. pocket. Oh, no. <laughs> so they were a rolling down the stairs. Wall? That's <laughs> awful. Rolling down the stairs with your hands oh in your pockets. God. That makes me think about uh, so my, great. one of the best moments in Clueless. I mean, mind you, it's, there's a million good moments in the movie, but like when Ty comes into the party and she falls down the stairs, and, and 
year is like, oh, no one saw. It's totally fine. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that looked awful. Yeah. Are you OK? Like, <laughs> right. That's kind of the same thing. Like, you really hope no one saw, but you also need help. Yes, exactly. You need someone <laughs> yeah. to come to your aid. Uh, somebody else said, uh, I, for some reason, I had a huge fear of going number two at school. Oh. One day after school, I decided to finally get over my fear by crapping in the bathroom. And apparently oh. it had no stall door and a portion <gasps> of the football team walked in, followed by my art teacher. Oh. So that's not fun. Yeah, going number two in public is something that's really difficult for me. Oh, really? Well, because like I, I, even when I'm at home, if there are other people at my house, I don't think that people can hear me in the bathroom. I think people are listening to me in the bathroom. Oh, you You think that they're like, Jarrett went in there, run, run, run. Which I have, there's no reason for me to think that, but I'm like, if I'm dropping the Babadook, I feel like (laughs) I am being listened to. And I heard Oprah, she was on um, on a jury and like they had a bathroom that was like in the jury room and she said, she asked them to all sing a song while because she, she's like I have to use the bathroom but I feel like everyone's listening would you guys like sing a song or something so I could pee uh, and it was like I'm I'm anxious like that well yeah my my uncle is like that where he I think still can't do it in public really and it, it's it becomes a life changer yeah uh, my my sister had a fear of just going to the bathroom in public at all for a while and we went to Disneyland Oh. And that was really difficult. Right. (laughs) So there was, I think, at least one instance where she had to go all the way back to the hotel just to pee. Oh, no. And there was another time where we were. From Disneyland? Yes. And then we were going, another time we were traveling all around the park to find one of those single family stalls because, you know, she could only go in a. By herself. Yeah, by herself. It was horrible. But she finally got over it, thank God. I, uh, (laughs) when I was in New York um, doing the shows from New York for us here uh, at Intercom, I. I didn't care about going in the bathroom there because I was like, nobody here knows me here. I don't care. Right. And like, oh, I dropped it a couple times. <laughs> I dropped the subject. <laughs> you dropped this. You dropped more than just the subject. You know. Well, I, I. What What was your most embarrassing school? Okay, instance? so so it's a story, and Emmy just gave me the one minute, so okay. I'll have to tell it on the other side because it was. I had to think about it, and that just occurred to me. It's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in school. It's so embarrassing that I opened my book with it. It's really? like the opening scene of my book. Yeah. Oh, and under special thanks. <laughs> special thanks to the Baba Duke exactly. for making memories in my Wait, life. So what was yours? Uh, well, mine is that, I guess I'll do it really quickly. I had a, a girl who was I was friends with uh, in fourth grade, and she was also, we like pretend hated each other. You know how you do that when you're mm. like in third, fourth grade. You're like, you're stupid and I hate you. Right. Um, but we were really friends. I it Then was Valentine's Day, and we were giving each other Valentine's cards, and I had an Aladdin one where it was Aladdin, and he was sitting, standing in he the market with his, yeah, with it, you know, just like legs spread with this proud look on his face, and I drew a penis on it. Yikes. And then I drew like him also going number one onto the floor. Oh. And then on the back, I wrote, remember, we are enemies. Because I was like, haha, this is so funny. I gave it to her. She freaked out. <gasps> and her uh, dad was a teacher at the school. Oh, no. So he Allie. told the principal, they called me into the principal's office. And the principal was, I had no idea why I was being called in. And he said, can you explain this? <laughs> and he hold, held up the oh, Aladdin no. peeing. And I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And everybody found out. It was so horrible. It was a joke. I'm it was be a joke, but we're enemies, up. but we're not really enemies. And, oh, forget it. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
All right, drop the subject with Allie Johnson and Jared Hill, and we are discussing now what the most embarrassing thing that has ever the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you in a school setting. (laughs) It's the I mean I think this chicken sandwich isn't setting well with me actually. Well, I will say my story. uh, I was in twelfth grade. And oh, you only okay. Well, that I was old, like, huh? I was like, what was the most embarrassing moment? So, twelfth grade, I am nominated for homecoming court. Homecoming happens in front of the entire school in the football stadium during the football game, and um, I'm nominated, and I'm super excited. I've never been nominated for something like this before. So I'm like campaigning. I'm like asking people You're to vote campaigning. for me. Like everyone has like flyers up, vote for me for homecoming or whatever. No. So, so I have like posters. I'm like asking people to vote for me. I'm so excited. And so uh, homecoming night comes. I put on like a suit and like the whole thing. They they. Did you have a date? Uh, no. Come on. Are you kidding? Uh, no. I, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a gold star gay, and I definitely wasn't out then. So. They parade us out onto the football field in front of the whole stadium of people. We're down on the football field and they start announcing the homecoming court. Freshman class, the freshman prince is this person. The sophomore prince is that person. Uh And then they do prince and princess for each class or whatever. Then they announce the senior prince is... Jarrett Hill. <gasps> Yay! And I'm so excited. So I come down and I'm standing in the spot or whatever. They have like these different markers or whatever to stand on. So I'm standing there. I'm so proud. Of and course. like I'm looking you at the hard audience. For this. Exactly. And then they announce the homecoming princess. Then they announce the homecoming king. Yep. I didn't know that there was a difference <laughs> between senior prince and and homecoming king. Uh-huh. So I'm standing Thinking on the that platform. You won. I'm standing in the spot of homecoming king. <laughs> the the person like the homecoming person or whatever comes and like whispers in my ear and uh, goes, "Excuse me, could you please move?" Oh no. And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And then I hear, "And homecoming king is" and I was like, Oh, I was so, only on the court. Yeah, I was so embarrassed. Mind you, no one in the entire audience knew that I was wrong. But in my mind, I had been, I was humiliated in front of the entire universe. Yes, because you thought you had won. And, and then it was Demario Warren. <laughs> and Demario Warren is homecoming king. And now, where is he now? He, um, well, I will tell you that I ended up being prom king and beat him. So I was happy about that. Wait, what? Why did you end up being prom king? Because I won prom king later that year. That's was homecoming. Oh, God. And I beat the quarterback for prom king, so I was pretty freaking validated by the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. So you, you were, it was revenge. I Well, I didn't even know I was nominated that time, so I knew I wasn't going to win because I didn't campaign. And then I won. I was shocked. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe this is why you're so interested in politics now. Uh, right, because I campaigned for a homecoming prince and, law, and won. But lost. Yeah, because you campaigned and <laughs> lost, but then did nothing and won, which is I'm, very telling the, for 2019. I was almost the Hillary Clinton of <laughs> my homecoming. So they didn't have email back then. Of the royal court, exactly. Uh, okay, well, some of the responses on Instagram story have been great. Um, VS, uh, v Squeeze the Third said, I fell and slid in front of the entire school on a ra- rainy day one time, and all I heard was, oh! Yikes. Which in was front always of great. Everybody. Caroline Marie 91 said I walked into class with a pretty obvious hickey on my neck and a girl audibly gasped from across the room. 
So that's always fun. <laughs> that sucks. Who said, I got a big old period stain all over my Catholic oh. school khaki pants uniform. And then she said, also, I kicked a disabled girl in the face during kickball. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's awful. <laughs> she actually direct messaged us too and said, I have so many more. Those are just my top two. She's like, we could do a whole show on my embarrassing So I'd really love to talk to Tess. Uh, Bry Guys just said, Constant Wood in high school. Of course, that's very, that, that's embarrassing. I mean, the locker room was a difficult place to be. <laughs> I'll mean, just tell you that. Uh, it was easy CJ, for me. CJ from the football team was not unattractive, let me tell you. And <laughs> that must was, be hard. Yeah, I mean, it was. Right. Let me tell you. Um, no, because I was like, and. So the, the locker room, the most embarrassing thing that ever actually happened in the locker room, because that the, uh, CJ was really fine, but um, there was this guy who was had a locker next to me, and like oh, I would talk to him every day. And you know, there's a period after which it's inappropriate to ask someone what their name is, because like I've been talking to you for oh, two yes, months. Oh yes, I know that. And so I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll ask him how to pronounce his name. So I was like, how do I pronounce your name? And he He's was like, like, John. Oh no. <laughs> and it was like. That's and you're like, great. I want to have sex with you. Uh, sorry, what What did I say? Uh, CIG said I had to pee and a teacher would not let me. So like a water slide at Raging Waters, I did. No. Also want to point out that my really hot and successful younger sister, she has not responded to this. And I knew she saw it on Instagram stories. So just for the record books, no one, nothing embarrassing ever happened yeah. to my sister in a school setting. Your sister's like, no, I'm perfect. She's like, no. Everyone uh, loves I me. I won all of the things. Uh, all right. Uh, we have more Drop the Subject on the way. News It or Lose It is on deck. We also have Just the Tip Tuesday to get to. But there's a story coming up next about something that happened in school that was rather embarrassing, but not funny. Yeah. Um, that's coming up next. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie Johnson and Jared Hill. And we've been talking uh, early in the show about the most embarrassing things that have happened to you in a school setting. And it is important that we cover this story because, yes, there are things that are embarrassing that are funny. And then there are things that are not. And, of course, it's always embarrassing when somebody breaks dress code or something like that. But then you hear about these stories and you're like, oh, God, it's 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 not fun, but it's important to cover. Yeah. So this story comes from um, uh, NBC News. And it was it originated in Texas. Um, the headline says Texas school staffers colored in black teens' haircut with a sharpie, according to their lawsuit. So, um, you know, I get my haircut and I'll have like different kinds of designs in it. Sometimes, usually, I have like straight lines now, but like sometimes I'll have like different things in it or whatever. Have you ever done like your name or something fun? I haven't done like words, but like I have gone to the barber and just told him like have fun and like do whatever you want. And he, the barber I used to have would just like do all kinds of crazy stuff in my hair. Can you um, get drop the subject? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> can you get drop the subject? All right. Subject? Well, you could think about it a little right, bit. Yeah. Jesus. Let me let me get back to you. All right. No. Uh, no. But so uh, the this this kid in Texas had his name is JT and he had like just kind of like a uh, like a lightning bolt kind of a line or whatever they in the article they say it resembled an M um, and he went to school and so when he got to school his uh, the administrators at the school pulled him aside and told him that he was out of dress code and uh, this kind of evolved with multiple people multiple administrators you know pulling him into an office and telling him that he was going to be suspended if he didn't 
change his hair, which you can't do because it's cut into your hair design. Right. And it's so, not like, oh, your skirt is too short. Go get some pants. Right. Or, you know, hike it down or whatever. Um, it says Dante Trice um, and his parents, Dante and Angela, f- filed a complaint on Sunday against Pearland Independent School District um, because they drew with a Sharpie into his hair to fill to in fill in the space <laughs> which made it actually more prominent and not less prominent and like I'm also thinking about like as a person who gets their hair cut that way sometimes they'll use like a razor and like you know to, oh, to right, define to it more it, yeah. and so using a marker and like drawing over it like your skin is like exposed you know what I mean it's like it's open and so like there's a danger that's inherent to that as well um, he said that he, the 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 administrators were like laughing and like what? making fun of him while they were like doing it and like kind of egging each other on. Oh, um, the lawsuit no. is like the lawsuit just really kind of explains out a lot of it, but it's like it was horrendous. And it makes me think about the time when we saw the video of the the young black kid on the um on the wrestling team and they were cutting off his dreads so he could perform oh. uh, so he could he could uh, compete and uh, you know this ended up being really traumatic for this this young boy and so I, I just imagine like that could have been me like because I've had a million of these different haircuts um, and so I, I saw this story this morning and I was just so upset about it because I'm like for this kid this is going to be his most embarrassing thing that's right, ever happened to him I know. and it's not going to be something that he can like laugh about later right. because it's always going to be bad exactly. for him exactly and I mean I don't know whose idea was it to decide, hey, why don't we cover it up with like, you can't even cover it up with a hat or something. Like, I understand if they have a certain dress code, okay, fine. But if that's your solution to publicly embarrass the kid in front of the staff and in front of other kids at the school. I mean, that is, there isn't enough therapy. Yeah, they say the Sharpie ink didn't come off of JT's head for days and he was made made fun of by other students. One student calling him a thug while others made him the subject of memes causing him mental anguish. Um, And, you know, this was a really difficult thing for him. So, uh, I hope he gets money. I, I hope that they sue the pants off of this school district and that these people get fired because, like, the other problem is these are people who are dealing with other black and brown students every single day and teaching them and that think this is okay behavior. Right. So. It's like this faculty is like a frat party. Exactly. What the hell is going on? Exactly. It's like hazing. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Allie's got the headlines. I get the votes. You get the news. News it or lose it is up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, it's that time. I have five headlines in front of me, Jarrett. You decide how the next hour of this radio goodness goes. I will give you each headline. You decide News It or Lose It. Here we go. First headline. Hiker survives five days in wilderness living on these two things only. News It. Okay. Headline number two, furious Florida woman blasts dog groomer after this horrific mishap. mishap. <laughs> uh, news it. All right. Uh, headline number three, PewDiePie gets married in a YouTube royal wedding. PewDiePie. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah, lose it. <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> headline number four, speaking of, what is the royal family's tattoo protocol? Oh. <laughs> Um, I feel like we like royal family stories around here. Who's it? Sure. And then finally, why? here's why napping may be bad for you. 
No. <laughs> Uh, sorry. And I'm, other news that proves there is no God. <laughs> uh, oh, no, but I, I love napping. News it. All right, we'll do it real quick. Hiker survives five days in wilderness living on these two things. A Florida, a furious Florida woman blasting a dog groomer after horror, a horrific mishap. What is the royal family's tattoo protocol? And then finally, there is no God because napping might be bad for you. We're going to get to all that in just three minutes. Stick around. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, a lot to get, a lot, a lot to get, a lot to get to on Drop the Subject. Allie Johnson and Jared Hill. I'm telling you, that chicken sandwich is I was going to my say, head. It's probably that chicken sandwich <laughs> my, still resonating. My with body's you. like mm, cannot process. My okay. body's like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> thank you. I, I thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, news it or lose it. Let's get into it. The subject presents News It or Lose It. I swear it. to God, if it says yes, 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 I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it didn't. Ah. Okay. I was like, wait, what's going to happen? What's going to happen, All right. Justin? All right, let's start with this hiker and how he got lost for five days and what he was able to survive on. And I know a lot of people like to think about what you know what's the key to a long life you know every time there's somebody who's Don't like 106 <laughs> yeah 106 years old they're like i never got married and i had whiskey and cigarettes uh, but i think that instead of focusing on what will give us a long life we should focus on what's going to give us a life what's going to help us survive it, what's yeah. going to help us survive if we actually get lost hiking and i've heard a lot of get lost hiker stories where they're like i survived on you know gum and and rainwater uh, for, for a month but Jesus. this person i've never heard heard of, of anybody getting lost for five days in the wilderness after going on a horseback riding trip. Oh. So this is uh, something new to be afraid of if anyone guess, <laughs> was yeah. excited to go on a group horseback riding trip. Here's what happened. A bunch of family members, uh, this was in Montana, they went to this mountainous this region in the area. It was <laughs> on the border of Montana and Idaho. I mean, just wider and wider and wider. <laughs> uh, so then the, this guy, his name is Caden Laga, and his family, they were all on horseback, and Laga's brother's horse went lame. Really? Yeah. Uh, he was like, I don't want to walk anymore. He's like, I'm over it. So then Laga, who is a really strong hiker, he was the strongest hiker in the group. He was like, you know what? Why don't you? Why don't we switch? I'll walk. You get on my horse. And that's how we'll finish out the ride. So he was walking ahead of the group. Just like, all right. Because all the horses, you know, when you do those group horse things, right. you're like walking. You're going so slow. So he was walking ahead of the group. And then, boom, he makes a wrong turn. Lost in the Montana wilderness. Um, he volun- uh, So he Jeez. before he left on the trip... Uh, he had a preg- he, he has a pregnant wife and he told her he or she said to him look at me oh looked she looked at me and said you better promise me that you'll come home safe I don't know why she was so worried about him going on a group horseback riding trip but I guess she had some kind of an instinct because he did get lost women's intuition yep and she he survived only on crickets and oh, hold on let me girl. find this crickets and berries so though that's the secret everybody crickets and berries will get you through five days First in the all, wilderness how do you even catch a cricket because like crickets <laughs> are the most like elusive hard to see or find thing i would die from eating the wrong berries i, I know say, that how do you even know which berries to eat 
I don't. That's why you, we have to take survival classes, Jarrett. Because <sighs> in the apocalypse situation or whatever, in any survivalist scenario, we're going to have to know what we can eat and what we shouldn't eat, and we're we going to have a leg up above everybody that doesn't know. I thought we just had to know who the floor warden was. Now we have to know <laughs> what kind of berries to eat. Yeah. Like, oh, jeez, Louise. Because I, I remember I had a tree in front of our house that had like little red berries that would fall, and they were like, "Don't eat those. Those are poisonous." And I remember thinking, like, there are poisonous berries. Like, why do we have berries that are poisonous? I know. Why did God make those? Exactly. How disrespectful. The, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I think even if we don't learn to eat berries and crickets in, in, in a survival scenario, I think that probably people will be eating this in the next diet fad. Oh, I'm sh- absolutely sure. Have the, you ever had the, the Lost Hiker Cleanse? The Wild Berry Cricket co- Diet? Like, <laughs> the Wild Berry Cricket Diet. My goodness. Uh, it says one night he, th- he said it was so cold he thought he would not live to see the sunrise. Fearing that he would never again see his wife or meet their child, he wrote a note on his phone. Oh, this is sad. In case I don't make it out of here, I love you. I loved my life with you and I'm so sorry I left you to be a single mom. Ooh, very sad. Uh, anyway, happy ending is he did get rescued, and now we all know to eat crickets and berries if we are lost in the wilderness. My goodness, that seems ridiculous. Like, and then did they say how they found him though? Uh, let me see. Did he just like find his way out? Because uh, I think when you're lost in the woods for five days, I could see it becoming hopeless. Like, but then you're also like. I'm in the woods, but like, there's got to be civilization somewhere. Like, if I'm, if this is the Lion King. Like, outside the the everything the light touches, there's something out there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Uh, it says that they set a, uh, the family started looking for him, set up a command center at his parents' home in Florence, Montana. Searchers used hounds, thermal imaging, and helicopters to find him. Eventually, did you just say helicopter? I did. Who says that? I did. Did you guys I say do. that? Does anyone else say helicopter? <laughs> is that how you always say that? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I thought you were, I was like, is this a thing? Oh, I was just mixing it up. Okay. Uh, so eventually he saw the, he saw helicopters above, uh, a rescuer had a headlamp on while they, while, oh, oh while okay. Like so he said, yeah, like he, he saw the headlamp and then they rescued him at about 1 a.m. on the fifth day. So crazy stuff. All right. Do we have time for one more Emmy? No, we don't. All right. We're going to talk about this woman in Florida who innocently took her dog to the dog groomers and the dog was brought back with a completely different uh, beauty tip that was never, (laughs) that she never asked for. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the protocol that the royal family has around tattoos and a lot more to come on Drop the Subject for News That Are Lose It. So don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, a lot more coming up on Drop the Subject with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill. We'll that, be talking about what? That song makes me want to give a lot of shoulder Does shimmy. Those are the lyrics, by the way, too. I know, I know those are the lyrics. <laughs> and we've listened to it a thousand times, exactly. still don't know the lyrics. Uh, drop the President, we will get to that later in the show. We will talk about why some white liberals will probably be voting for Donald Trump's re-election. Unbelievable. Well, one. But now, uh, before the that something way more idiotic a girl who took her dog to the dog groomers and got something unexpected in return the lake worth woman says she got a whole lot more than she bargained for after taking her dog to a groomer graciela pulo took her dog lola to amores pet salon in lake worth on july 28th she wanted the golden doodle to get a buzz cut nails trimmed ears and teeth cleaned but lola came home with dyed green eyebrows <laughs> and pink ears as you can see there okay hold Pulo on. says she was so, furious so she got pause 
How does this mistake even possibly happen? Well, apparently the person who was grooming her said it was either a mix-up or she thought the dog just needed a little something extra. Uh, My mentality on this is that the woman was probably a bitch. Oh, because it's a female dog? Oh, you mean the groomer. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, No, 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 the the owner. I I think the owner was mean or the owner did something. You know how people spit in your food if you're mean to the management? Something like that, where then all of a sudden, all right, well, I'm going to die. I just don't know why she went for only eyebrows and ears, because I see people dye their dog's hair all the time, and usually it's just a little tail or maybe a little bit on the ears, but giving (laughs) giving your dog like human features, like eyebrows and a goatee. I'm thinking about this the way like you go and have a birthday cake made and it says, you know, I need to say happy birthday, Justin. And it comes back and it says happy birthday, Custard. And you're like, you didn't hear me say Custard. But it's not like wildly different. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't hear me say green eyebrows. You know what I mean? (laughs) So she is now... you heard me say groom eyebrows and you thought green eyebrows. I'm trying to figure out how this happened. I still don't think pink ears... How would pink ears get into that conversation? Yeah. Got a refund and uh, an offer for complimentary services in the future. As for the groomer, she says... Hold on. Whenever something like this happens and they offer you complimentary service, why would I want to come back here? Like... Are you kidding me? Just like one time my mom complained about uh, how she bought like a small bag of Doritos, you know, those little tiny bags, Mm -hmm. and she opened it and three chips came out. Of course. And she got really upset, so she wrote to Doritos and they sent her another bag. And it's like, don't just send me more of the same thing that I'm complaining this is about. Like seven, seven chips right. in this one. I mean, I was like, sure, you're getting the four extra chips, but <laughs> that's not really what it's about. It's the principle of the thing. It was all a big misunderstanding. You can read the full story by going to our website, WPTV.com. There's more to the story. There's more to this story, but we only had 30 seconds for this reader. Exactly. Okay, so let's move on to the other sad news, which is why napping might be bad for you. I sent this to Katie this morning when I found it, and um, here's what it says. So if you nap excessively... Researchers have found out that it starts to affect the part of your brain that keeps you awake during the day mm. because you have this tendency now to nap throughout the day. So you're the part you're of your brain that pattern. keep yeah you're the part of your brain that keeps you awake throughout the entire day is diminishing. And researchers have concluded that there is a <laughs> biological connection between Alzheimer's and daytime sleepiness. So after studying the brains of a bunch of people who have Alzheimer's and a bunch of people who don't, they noticed that this part of the brain that keeps you awake was a difference. So if you're excessively napping, it could lead to you having Alzheimer's. I don't know why it's funny to me that there's a part of the brain that keeps you awake. Right. Like it's like the part that like keeps punching your shoulder like wake up. Yeah. Like I don't or know if that's, that's interesting completely to me. gone, you're narcoleptic. Oh, uh, well, yeah, and apparently have Alzheimer's or, or a higher likelihood of Alzheimer's. Yeah. And then finally, the Queen's granddaughter Zara Tyndall, she just gave an illuminating interview when she was asked if she would ever let her kids get tattooed and she said, "No, I would not, but it's not up to me." The answer is, is there a royal family tattoo protocol? No, there is not. So there might be some hidden tattoos. There are several royal family members that already have tattoos. Of course, Meghan Markle is one of them. I don't think she really counts. I love the idea that like I wouldn't let my kids get tattoos. Like, Yeah, when they're seven, but when they're adults, that's not your choice to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, Duchess of Cornwall 
says that she has a, a, a tattoo, but it's like, it's Hannah. It's it's Hannah? Yeah. Oh, so that's not a tattoo that at all. Count. Lady Amelia Windsor. A lot of women. A lot of the women. Anytime we're talking Kate about Middleton? the Duchess or Duke of Cornwall, there's humor <laughs> right around the corner. You gotta get that tattooed on your chest. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. And a throwback for your ass. To You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know these this that always makes the list of songs that are always played at a at a wedding and like karaoke like but it's that, a good song. That's one where I'm like I can get down with that one no yeah. matter what. Even yeah. if it is the last dance song and they're like ugh it's right. kind of like closing time at the end of the night closing for a bar. Time. <laughs> yeah. No, when the song started I was like are we playing this song and then halfway through I was like I'm are loving this. Are we playing this, this song? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Welcome back. Ellie and Jarrett. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yesterday we had a conversation with Mac- Matthew Craffy who is the uh, president of the California Log Cabin Republicans and the Log Cabin Republicans, if you don't know, are the L- the, gay the, Republicans. the gay Republicans basically uh, here in America, and they they call themselves the Premier Conservative something yeah, or other. That is a sweaty log cabin. It- <laughs> A lot of a lot of pool parties. A lot of yeah. A lot of a lot, lot of, of g strings being taken. Hot I'm sure. A lot of flannel. Justin's like, okay, tell the line, people, tell the <laughs> line. Okay, so we were talking about uh, a lot of different things with with uh, Matthew yesterday, primarily because the log cabin Republicans came out with an endorsement for Donald Trump this year um, when they hadn't endorsed him last year. And we and, talked about why, why, exactly. why, why, why. Yeah, and then he proceeded to tell us that, in his view, that the the economy is doing better than it's ever done, and you actually pointed out that because of the tariffs, there's the fear of a recession. Yes, and actually, there's a, another story that we're not going to really get into today, but that says that a third of economists believe that we're going to have a recession next year. A third of another third of economists believe we'll have a recession in 2021, and another the other third aren't sure if we're going to have a recession. And so, like, there's a lot of conversation right now around. Whether or not we're going to have one. And so, uh, one of the things that we discussed with Matthew yesterday was the tariffs and the fact that the tariffs have a major impact on, you know, uh, farmers, on consumers, you know, on a lot of people, and, and they have a major impact on what uh, the economy could look like. And there's a, a new piece out that comes today from uh, the, uh, from J.P. Morgan Chase. Well, the article's from Huffington Post. That's a study from J.P. Morgan Chase that says that these tariffs are probably going to cost everyone about $1,000 per year. Um, each person. Each person, right. It says American families will pay, well, it, American families will pay $1,000 per year for Trump's tariffs on China. And it's saying that basically all of the savings that people got for that one year, because, um, you know, the first year of the tax cuts, a lot of people saw like money come in because they didn't they paid less taxes. But the second year is when it started to hurt them. And all of those gains that people made from that first year are going to seemingly be lost because a thousand dollars a year is a lot of money for people to have to pay. It that's, is. That's rent for someone. That's a car. That's like that's food. That's a lot of different. That's things. the crap that makes me very mad on my taxes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, where is this? What is this coming from? And then every single year, I have to explain to Katie that we have to pay taxes and why we have to pay taxes. And then she says, <laughs> but well, I don't get to control what they spend our money on. And I'm like, you're right, we don't. And that's what's frustrating is that everyone wants to talk about what we should be spending our taxpayer money on and what we shouldn't be. Who Was it you I was talking to or there's another country where they explain where every dollar of your tax money is going? 
Uh, no, we weren't talking about that. But I mean, I feel like if people could see where their money was going, That's, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah, I for, you know I forget, of course, because weed has stolen my memory. Who I was talking to, <laughs> what country it was. We but, call it your medication. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> my medicine. It's just making me well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a, a list, a literal list of saying mm. like, here's how much went to education. Here's how much like of your taxpayer money. Here's what each like an itemized list of what it all went to. Well, I think that would also be great in this country because it would help us to understand our deficit. Because like if we bring in a hundred, I'm just going to make up numbers here. If we bring in a hundred million dollars of tax revenue, you know, to spend for the government, but we spend a hundred and sixty million dollars, that means we have sixty million dollars that we've that we've overspent. And then you have to say, well, where's that sixty million dollars coming from, right? right. And, it, and this is in the billions and trillions of dollars. Um, but it happens every single budget, and every it's crazy. Every time I try to explain to my wife that we can't spend a bunch of money on things, she says, "Why, why, why?" And, and then say, I present her with a spreadsheet. You say, "Katie, the deficit." I said, "Look at the." <laughs> deficit here. Look at how much money we're making versus how much money we're spending. And then she goes, oh, but you got to see it on paper. You have to see it in front of you to yeah. really want, you know, to really see where all those useless, where, where that useless crystal money is going. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject with Allie Johnson and Jared Hill. Thanks for checking us out. And if you're checking us out for the first time, hi, welcome. We're giving everyone a voice here on Channel Q. Give us a call anytime. 833-77-CALL-Q if you want to participate. I know we already talked about it, but there's still plenty of time if you want to give us a story about your most embarrassing at-school moment in honor of back-to-school time. And now we are about to get into just the Tip Tuesday, which is a part that we, uh, of... The, it's a... Oh, God, I'm really huh. losing my brain today. The marijuana. Uh, it is the, something we do every weekly. Week. Yep, it's something that we do every week, every Tuesday here on Drop the Subject. And we share life hacks, tips, tricks, advice, things like that. And this week we are discussing bad habits and how to actually change them according to science. Okay. Now, off the air, you were saying that you couldn't possibly just, you couldn't find any bad habits. That's not you just what I said, don't Allison. have any. It's I was unbelievable. Saying, I, I was just trying to figure out, like, because I feel like part of having bad habits is not even recognizing them as bad habits until someone points them out. And that's what I'm like, okay, but like, what are the things that I do? And then you said that you have these this one weird habit. Okay, one, one. one that I've never heard of and one that I don't get. Well, so, I mean, I have have like regular ones like I crack my knuckles all the time I, I pick my split ends yeah. things like that um, I pick other things no um, okay <laughs> but I, I I've and I've said this on the air before in the past I brush my teeth on the toilet and I think like that every day every morning okay. usually uh, actually, you know what? At night, too, most of the time. Really? Yeah, because I'm all about multitasking. And I have an electric toothbrush that yeah. has a two-minute timer on it. And what the hell am I supposed to do in that time? Just stare at myself? I mean, I, I'm getting, I'm already in the bathroom. I'm getting things done. Sometimes I'm trying to change into my pajamas while I'm brushing my teeth. Other times I'm trying to fill a water bowl. or fee- I'm, doing, I'm always doing something. Yeah. So the fact that I can kill two birds with a number one stone is is I, fine but some people think it's really gross i'm remembering a couple months ago there was a story about how uh how animal rights activists wanted us to stop saying that they wanted us to say um kill two bagels with one they want to, to or something feed two birds with one scone oh was like, scone. Shut up. it was raining bagels and scones or yeah, something like something that, like that. Oh, okay so, so stupid. I, i've never heard of like brushing your teeth on the toilet but i guess Do you think I it's gross I guess not. It's I, I'm it not. Seems go, I'm not usually going number two. It's just number one. Yeah, I mean, 
Like, I don't, I hate when people are like, ew, something's so gross. And it's like, but why? Well, you know, it just seems gross. I'm like, but like, is there a reason that it seems gross? You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I'm I guess not, there's nothing wrong there. I mean, I'm not rinsing the toothbrush off in the in toilet, the toilet water. water. Right, exactly. Which And my butt is covering the toilet, so it's not like there's a bunch of remnants from the yeah. toilet going up onto the toothbrush. Yeah, I guess that works. The one that you have that I that I don't understand, and Justin was saying he didn't get either, is you take your socks off at dinner? So this is the one that upsets Katie the most, and here's what happens. I take my socks off while I'm eating dinner, and this is this is the timeline. I get home, I take off my shoes. I usually still have socks on, because I don't like walking around in bare feet. Okay. So then I'm walking around, you know, and then it's time to make dinner, so I'll make dinner, and I've been on my feet for, you know, an hour or 45 minutes, however long it takes to, to get dinner ready. So then I set dinner down, I sit down, I start eating, and then I go, oh man, now my, now my, like, I need to free my feet. And you I gotta, take your socks off, I, like, at the table. Yeah, at the dinner table, I'll take my socks off. I won't put them on the dinner table. No. I'll just lay them, I'll just throw them off to the side. And then Katie will look at me like, are you going to pick those up later? Because I always forget about them. And then there's random socks laying around the dining room table area. You know, I tend to agree with you on most things, but I'm with Katie on this one. <laughs> that is weird. That is so strange. Well, because they, I don't like, eventually I don't like having them on. Like as soon as I'm getting into my relaxation mode, which is sitting down, yeah. eating dinner, and then, you know, we watch a show or whatever, I want to take my socks off because I, I, I want to let them breathe. I get it. I, I mean, socks are annoying to me and like I, I only now wear socks a lot more because I went to a, a, the pedicure when I went to I told you I've been a hammer and nails twice the first time I went to hammer and nails to get a pedicure the um, lady told me that my feet were dry because I don't wear socks and it's like it's not good for your um, for your feet to yeah. have sneakers on with no Kevin socks Kevin Klein does not wear socks at all yeah so his I think he has the same problem yeah. he doesn't yeah um, okay so mine really quickly I feel like the the one that my mom hates the most of mine cause, and I make fun of her I tease her with this all the time is like leaving dishes in the sink at night sometimes like do you rinse them though that's you gotta rinse and soak. No, no. Then, then it's more in work the, in the morning. I don't care. I just don't feel like washing dishes after I cooked. I just don't. See, that, and like my that mom, bothers me. My mom would not let me go to bed when I lived at home. She wouldn't let me go to bed if I didn't wash the dishes. Um, and so like she would, she woke me up. Mind you, I was home visiting and she woke me up in the middle of the night to say there are dishes <laughs> in the sink. And I was like, lady, you are tripping. You're like, thank you very much. So then when I went that. back home to the to where I lived in Tampa Bay, I uh, <laughs> I had ice cream after, uh, before going to bed one night. And I put the bowl and the spoon in the sink and I took a picture of it and said just to my mom and said good night. <laughs> and she was pissed. Uh, more on our bad habits and how you can break them coming up right after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. No, we will not drop the subject, lady. Go back to where... No, you work in the building. Stay right here. <laughs> Allie Johnson and Jared Hill, we are talking right now about our bad habits. We are about to get into our Just the Tip Tuesday list of how to change a bad habit. On Tuesdays, we always share life hacks, tips, tricks, things like that. And we've been going over what our worst habits are. Mine include brushing my teeth on the toilet and taking my socks off during Freaking dinner. weirdo. And Jared, you say that you do not do your dishes after making dinner, which is something that Katie does and in a me. Oftentimes, yeah, I will leave the dishes there and they'll be there until the next day or maybe the next day. Whoa. Sometimes See, like, that surprises me about you because you seem like one of those people who keeps their house very, very clean. Well, so that's the thing. Like, 
I, I've noticed that since I've taken this job and I have to be somewhere every day, it's a lot harder to keep my house clean. When I was working home at home, my house was always pretty immaculate. And like, I mean, even still, my house is pretty clean, but like my kitchen and my bedroom are just like a really difficult thing to keep up right now. Katie does something that bothers me so much. And it is that she, when I ask her to put away the food, mm-hmm. she will put it away with no container, no nothing. Just put just, the thing in there. Like if there's a tomato, she'll just set the tomato oh, right in the fridge. No. Uh, I made tacos uh, last week. Just sat the tortillas right there, <laughs> right in the fridge. Nothing. What is she, a cake woman? <laughs> like, can you put it in a, like we have plenty of containers. Katie, I know you're listening. I need you to call in it right now. Because we need to have a conversation about this. so simple to make sure that tortilla is not edible oh. the next day. It's all dried out. Yes. No, when I first, I told you what, I, I think I told you guys when I first got my place, the very first thing I did that I bought for the house was Pyrex dishes, like to store things. Yes. Like there's the organization I love, um, even though my refrigerator isn't perfectly organized, but like everything has containers. Blasphemy. Like, come on. What about okay. you, Ginger Justin? What do you have quickly? Uh, mine's a little, some would say probably a little grosser. I don't bite my nails, but I do peel them. Oh, like you tear them? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I do that too. Yeah. yeah. Do you bite your, do you bite like hang nails off and stuff? No, I will, I will rip them off probably prematurely. <laughs> and then do you just discard anywhere? No, 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 no. I'll throw them in the trash. Really? Okay, yeah. that's, that's good. One of the things I'm trying to stop doing is plugging my phone up next to my bed and like grabbing it first first thing when I wake up in the morning. That's a, that's a tough one to break. So yeah. so that's a perfect example of, of, of uh, how you can use this list to break a bad habit. So here's what you actually need to ch- need in order to change a bad habit. Number one, you need to adjust your environment. If you are trying to eat healthier, for example, it's time to toss away all the chips, all the candy from your kitchen. <laughs> you got to stock it with healthy foods. You just got to change up the environment to make sure that you are in a in a brand new space that's not going to tempt you. So the number two thing that I didn't say on here was eating terrible S word <laughs> um, because I just eat such bad stuff. Like yeah, Katie likes to eat chocolate in the middle of the night. That's another habit she has. Oh. So she'll get up if she has to pee. It's immediately going to the kitchen to eat a bo- some chocolate. You should swap it out with like dark chocolate. I've tried, and she won't. And then it's healthy. Oh. I've tried a lot of things. All right. Wait. So what happened when you switched to dark chocolate? Well, she she'll eat the dark chocolate. But then she, as soon as another snack food gets in the house, she will swap it back out. Like we will occasionally have like, oh, granola bar that has some chocolate chips in it. That'll be fine. That'll suffice. But once those are gone and a Hershey bar makes an appearance in the house, it's back to the Hershey bar. Or if we get Froyo and it's still in the freezer. On No Way Thursday. On No Way Thursday. She's finishing that off. Uh, If you want to look at your phone less often, turn it off. Place on the other side of the room or delete your most tempting apps from your phone altogether. These are all ways you can adjust your environment. Girl, what? I know. Who is doing that? (laughs) Turning it off and deleting apps? These are the people that like delete Instagram and then get back on it like two weeks later. Okay, so I just re-downloaded Facebook after, <laughs> but I went like six months I think without Facebook on my app, on my phone. But like for work stuff, it's I have to connect to it and it's like, huh. but I hate it. All right, taking a break. This is number two. Take a real break. This is about not setting yourself up for failure. So if you decided I'm not going to eat bad s in the house, you've gotten rid of all of your stuff. Also, make sure 
that you give yourself a chance to rest and recharge because you're going to set up these re- unrealistic expectations for yourself. Like, I'm not going to eat a piece of chocolate for s- six months or something like that. Take you're it a day at a time. Yeah, exactly. It says, just as your muscles need rest in order to recover and grow stronger, your willpower also needs time to recover as well. So you got to take baby steps. Number three, revisiting your why. If you feel like you've lost sight of your over uh, arching, arcing goal, you almost had ovaries. <laughs> if you feel you're losing sight of your ovaries, just get an X-ray. Consider it a sign that it's time to reset. If you can't remember why you really wanted to save money or why your wor- working out is important to you, you will not be nearly as motivated to do it. So that's another thing. If you say if you've decided I'm going to eat better, and then you get drunk and forget why you decided to make that decision, and all you want is in an out burger. <laughs> that's that's another thing where you lose sight of the why. So well, it's important I, to keep that in mind. The moment for me always comes in when there's like something cheesy around. And I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to have nachos. Or I'm really supposed to be easing off of whatever. And I'm like, but it's so good. Yeah, it's like that you know classic angel on one shoulder. But then on the other side is just a cheese angel. Exactly. It's, it's like, just like, come on, Jared. It's you know like you a, want it. a Wisconsin cheese head and a California cheese head. <laughs> it looks like a monster. Grab it. Grab exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Finding a support team, that is number four. You've probably heard tips like set a due date, mark it in your calendar, share your goals with others. Sharing your goals with others and putting it out on social media, as annoying as those fitness posts are, those help because they make you held accountable when you have a support team. I've been telling you people about me being on this damn diet on the radio, telling all of the country, (laughs) and it hasn't done anything for me. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Huh. This is the part of the show when we transition from drop the subject to drop the president. Drop the president. This is where we cover our ele- uh, 2020 election coverage, uh, because really anybody at this point would be better than the person we currently have running our country. Drop that ass. So... For starters, <laughs> drop that. We can just add that into the show, the intro just to that. Drop, that, drop ass. that ass. Okay, so I'm sad to say that I was reading some headlines earlier today about how Kamala Harris is dropping in the polls and how she's dropped about 5%. Will you please tell me that this doesn't matter? I will say right now, I'm not bothered by that. Okay. I think we're so far away from the, the primaries. We still have, I think, uh, three or four more debates before the primaries uh, really get rolling. So I'm not really worried about people taking a dip right now. I think if, unless you've never like really charted, I wouldn't be really concerned about if you're in place. In unless third you're place Eric or Swalwell. Place. Well, well, you know, he's, he was obviously very worried about himself <laughs> and got out, right? So, I mean, uh, people who have like a one or two percent ratings in the poll and like may not be able to make it onto the debate stage, those are the people who should be worried. All right. Well, Elizabeth Warren just made, uh, she just did one of her first campaign events in Minnesota, and apparently it turned out real well. There were 12,000 people who showed up at the Democratic Presidential Hopefuls Town Hall at Malacaster College in St. Paul. Oh, I was like, oh, she's doing a Minnesota thing. I'm doing a thing. (laughs) Uh, So it was a very successful event for her. And isn't Amy Klobuchar Minnesota? Um, I... Don't. Where is Amy Klobuchar from? I'm, I'm not sure. I thought that she was, but uh, anyway. I think she's funny. The other thing that everyone was talking about at the uh, at, at this campaign event was that apparently Elizabeth Warren ran into her doppelganger. Uh oh. And there's a picture that has gone uh, that has been making the rounds on the internet. Yes, you're correct. Her... Amy Klobuchar is Minnesota. Oh, who knows stuff? Yeah. 
Dominoes. <laughs> so there's a picture right now going making the rounds of uh, this woman named Stephanie Oyen, okay. who is Elizabeth Warren's doppelganger. If you look, they're both wearing blue. I mean, one of was Elizabeth Warren is wearing like a blue cardigan, and then Stephanie Oyen is wearing a blue blazer, mm-hmm. and they are shaking hands with each other. They both have identical glasses on. So I don't know if this is going to be if Stephanie Oyen can be Elizabeth Warren's body double in need, needed situations, very but Tina Fey meets Sarah Palin kind of moment. Yes, and okay. if we can't get Elizabeth Warren on the show, I would love to get Stephanie Oyen on the show. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so we can uh, we can call Stephanie. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, so the uh, her doppelganger is becoming very very internet famous, and you know if anyone is internet famous, we will we'll get our hands all over them if we can. Well, in a very not me too kind of way. No, 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 Just in a very consensual, inclusive way. <laughs> Okay. Now, let's talk about why some white liberals might be voting for Donald Trump. So this headline surprised me, yeah, obviously. So there's a new study out that says uh, they were basically did a, a bunch of research on what we call dog whistle language, basically being able to say things that are indirectly racist or indirectly have like some kind of a message that people know what it means when they hear it, but it doesn't have to be direct and specific. And so they did this study to kind of figure out if dog whistle uh, language or, or you know rhetoric is useful if it works, if it's effective, um, and getting people to, to feel a certain way. So they they took these 800 uh, subjects that were all seemingly liberals, right? They didn't do this one conservative. They did it with liberals. And if that, I didn't mean to ding the bell to <laughs> chime something there. Sorry. Liberals, ding, ding. ding. Right. Um, and so they took 800 of them, and they would give them different statements to see how they felt about them. And they would kind of divide them into categories based upon this. And they found that dog whistle language does work, even if you're a liberal or a, a progressive or someone who um, is supposedly kind of on the lefter side of the wing of the of the, the political spectrum. It says that they would use different language. Um, for instance, they would uh, one group of those people uh, that were being sub- that were being tested. They got language from Ronald Reagan um, using language about welfare and quote inner cities and absent fathers and pathological poverty. Another group got flamingly racist statements about food stamps from uh, the American Freedom Party. And the third, the control group, got Senator James Inhofe's uh, whining about global warming alarmists. And like apparently, the way that they ran this test was like to see how people respond to it and how that would kind of sway how they... How to respond to the language itself, not exactly. necessarily the person attached. Yeah. Because I feel like maybe what maybe some of these liberals could get caught in that, but then once they know that he said it, they'd be like, oh wait, no, 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 I hate that guy. Right. Well, it says the professors wanted to test a popular theory that subtle, subtly racist cues, such as terms like inner city that may associate with black Americans, harness subconscious racial animus to sway white voters against government spending, um, which is a really, which is a factor that has a major indication on how people vote. They want to see, well, what is the government going to do with my money? How are they going to handle these different issues? Um, It says that some statements were openly racist, on the other hand, um, are thought to turn off some of those voters. But it says that they that their experiment confirmed their hypothesis um, with uh, with a lot of different twists and turns. So uh, we have to go here. So what you're saying is that white liberals love a little bit of racism but not too much racism. But not too much of it, yes. We'll take a quick <laughs> okay. break. When we come back, uh, we'll finish this away. one up. And uh, <laughs> a little takeaway. <laughs> we'll have a little bit more on this and more coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop subject with Allie and Jarrett. And we have uh, begun our 
Drop the President segment where we discuss all the things going on in the 2020 election. And we're in the middle of talking to, I mean, this article is very dense. There's a lot to yeah. go through here, but it's basically explaining why some white liberals would probably vote for Donald Trump in the reelection process. So what... Catch us up. So we, it was about mainly they took a group of people, they gave, and they're all seemingly liberals, they gave them some speech that kind of was that dog whistle language mm-hmm. where, you know, it's, it has racial connotations, but isn't outwardly racist. Yeah, so they, they, they took quotes from various different people, um, Ronald Reagan, um, uh, Senator Inhofe, and uh, another, and they were basically using these different statements to kind of gauge how people respond to them. And then they would use uh, language about welfare and gun control and like to see how people responded to it, positively or negatively, um, but there was it was all like coded language. We know dog whistle language is, is saying things that are in, uh, indirect, but like like imply something very specific. When people hear conversations about welfare and uh, in, in urban communities, they automatically think about black and brown communities, right? Even though the the reality is welfare is not a, a legal word, is not a word that comes from government. It comes from Republicans. And welfare recipients tend to be white women more than they would tend to be anyone else, right? Or white people, white families. Um, and so... Interestingly, they found at the end of this, it says uh, they found that white racially resentful liberals were particularly likely to switch their vote to Trump after having previously voted for Obama. Uh, Several studies uh, since 2016 have reached similar conclusions. It says the upshot is that Trump's racist appeals likely helped him win. Racially resentful liberals represent about 3% of the population or some 10 million people. And it only took 100,000 votes in three states to seal the Electoral College for Donald Trump in 2016. It said they might be a small group, but they're really important important politically. And so this says to us that Donald Trump's rhetoric, it really only has to reach a small sliver of the population to have such a significant impact. And I've talked about on the show before, there's a New York Times piece that says that Donald Trump could very well win the presidency again through the Electoral College, but lose by a bigger margin in the popular vote right. this year. But it that, still wouldn't matter because the Electoral, exactly, stupid Electoral he could, College. He could win. He lost last time by 3 million votes. That he could lose by as much as 5 million votes this time if he just plays it right in the right states and does that again. Okay, but so what you're saying this small group of liberals is racially what was the what was the term it was like racially the racially resentful what what does that mean exactly does it basically it... means that when it, when they when the people that were a part of this study would hear language that uh, was racially tinged like they would have a negative response to it um, and they would seemingly want to vote in a direction that would be negatively impacting the community that was being discussed hmm. does that make sense yeah i guess i just I feel like I don't know anybody like that. Well, well, so this is why it was important because they wouldn't have directly told them like, oh, you know, Donald Trump said this. They would just give them the statement and see how they responded to it. Because realistically, if even if you know Donald Trump is the person who said it, there is a part of you that still says like, oh, I actually get what he's saying, even though I don't like him. Right. And mm-hmm. like the more you continue to hear it, the more that it kind of, you know, uh, gets internalized and you can understand why people would vote for him. And then that eventually over the course of time, like, well, actually, I think he is kind of right. And then you vote for him, which is why we see so many people that voted for Donald Trump that also voted for Barack Obama. Hmm. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm like, I get that, but I also still don't get it at all. Yeah, like, I mean, like it's, it's still so... It's still a really difficult thing for me to understand yeah. sometimes because I we talked to, you know, Dave, our our, our resident Trump supporter listener, um, and he says he voted for Barack Obama and he voted for Donald Trump. And we hear uh, Matthew Craffey called in yesterday, right? Last year, they couldn't... Last election, they couldn't support Donald Trump, but this year they are. And it's an interesting thing to continue to see a president who's never had a 50% approval rating, who's always been overtly racist, who has had the worst ideas about a lot of different groups of people, continue a steady, like, um, a steady number of approval. And what it says to me and a lot of black and brown people I've discussed this with is it says, like, America has always been this racist country. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. And we no, it can just, see that. It just has given everybody a platform exactly. for being it's giving everyone a voice. It's right? giving everyone a voice, unfortunately. Yeah. But yes. All right. But it also, mm. it shows us, like, this country has never been as against racism as it has purported to be. It's never been as for equality as it has purported to be. It's never been as inclusive of all immigrants as it has purported to be. It's never been as pro-woman as it says that it wants to be um, because Donald Trump's support has never really taken a significant dip. Hmm. Interesting. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more Drop the Subject. You're listening to Jarrett. You're listening to Allie. You can find us on the social media. You can find us on the pod if you're missing some of the content that we've done earlier in the show. But um, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie Johnson and Jared Hill here with you. And if you're just checking out the show for the first time, welcome. Hey. If you missed anything, you can absolutely down 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 download the podcast. <laughs> Drop the subject wherever you find your podcasts. And of course, on radio.com, you can listen live and you can uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review and all that good stuff. A lot of wonderful things happened last week. We secured an endless pasta pass from Olive Garden. We're giving it to a, a Latina trans woman in need. We got to talk to her on the phone yesterday, and she will be coming in studio to officially accept the pasta pass when it arrives. So there's a lot of fun things that you need to catch up on. Absolutely. The podcast has all of that for you. We've had a pretty big week so far. We have. So, Jarrett. Yes. I don't want to get morbid. Uh-oh. But... Never a good way to start a story. Are you... <laughs> In general, are you somebody who fears death greatly? Are you like, oh my God, you know, if it rains outside, I'm not going to go out because then this could happen. It's like Final Destination. I could end up dead. Okay. Not until you use the words Final Destination because that movie horrified me. Mm-hmm. I'm not generally like that afraid of death. Um, I I don't think about it a whole lot. I was actually listening to Maya Rudolph talking about how she's always thinking about death. Yeah. My wife is always, always really? thinking about it. Are yes. you? No, I don't. Yeah. No. But I don't think, I mean, I think about I mean, I, I have like an obsession with murder and true crime and stuff like that, but okay. I'm not necessarily afraid of my own death. Gotcha. Uh, and even then, when I watch that stuff, I'm not like afraid. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Okay. So I read this story about how this man died, and I thought to myself, this has got to be the most embarrassing way for a person to die. Okay. And I want to get your thoughts on this and see if you agree. I'm listening. A man... He he died when he fell from a hotel balcony. Okay, that's that's the sad part. But he he had apparently he was in a hotel in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and he flashed a maid Uh-oh. 
So he fl- he flashed himself, he exposed himself to this maid, and then he was rejected by the maid. The maid was like, no, this guy's gross, what the hell, then went to security and reported him to security. Then the security was trying to find him. He tried, like rom-com style, ran outside to the balcony and tried oh, to hop no. different balconies to try and get out of the hotel and not get caught by people. It's very like yes man thing where you're yeah. like, oh my God. But then it did not work out in his favor and he fell and he died. Now, when you think about ways to go, if you died because you exposed yourself to a maid, then ran from security and created a scene trying to hop balconies Mission Impossible style only to fall and fail and die, is there anything that's more embarrassing than that? Well, the thing I'm also thinking about it that's also embarrassing is the fact that he's probably jumping from balcony to balcony wearing nothing but a bathrobe and his <laughs> jiggly bits are out. Right. Like, what was he wearing when he exposed himself? Yeah. I, yeah, that's pretty bad. It's embarrassing, but it also seems a little bit karmic. Like... Well, right. That's yeah. why I, I mean, I don't feel so bad, but of course, I didn't, it's not I mean, good it's that person, anyone anyone dies. Yeah. It's a person dead, but also it's like, well. Yeah. I mean. It says that he uh, flashed an employee. He tried to run away. Uh, he tried to do something straight out of a movie, but it had terrible real life consequences. Police said he attempted to escape. He tried to jump from one balcony to another below. But on his leap on the 11th floor, the man missed his intended landing spot and fell. So this is like one of those situations where it's like you die in a car accident, but then you realize it was because you were watching porn. (laughs) Like it is just a sad way to go. And you definitely want to make sure that there's some kind of a filtration process in your eulogies. (laughs) Get out of here. Let's go. I'm just saying. (laughs) Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. That's right. It's time for News It or Lose It. Allie, I've got the headlines. You have the votes. You've got the bell. I'm ready. I've got five headlines. The ones that you choose, we will news. The ones that you lose, we will never discuss again. Here's the first headline. 99-year-old man competes in world tango competition. Oh, I'm losing it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you'd, I'd get a little bit more traction. I, I, I'm proud of him, but I think I need a visual. She's like, I also don't care. <laughs> All right. Ashley Graham's nude pregnancy photo tells an important truth. Who the hell is that? Ashley Graham? Yeah. She's a pretty hot plus-size model. Oh, all right. Okay. You're like, oh, model? Hot woman? Model. Naked? I'm down. Naked? Cinnamon Coke is coming soon, and my taste buds are ready. Hmm. Uh, sure. We can use that. Okay. The Obama's first big anti-Trump statement of 2020 is here. It has something to do with Netflix. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was so much diff- more difficult before. Uh, well, I was just like, can I handle more of him today? Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. Finally, the word genius word of the day, wordgenius.com word of the day is ab- abecedarian. Abecedarian? Abecedarian. Abecedarian. 
Is that someone who has a baby that looks like a member of ABBA and it's a C-section? If it is, I can't tell you. Okay, fine. I'll news it because you have you pique my curiosity with these words. Okay. Well, there we go. Abbasidarian. What does that mean? What is the Obama's first big anti-Trump statement of 2020? Cinnamon Coke. It is coming. And are our taste buds ready? And why is Ashley Graham's nude pregnancy photo an important story? We'll talk about all those things and more coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Subjects to be covered still before the show's end. And I have decided with my voting bell what we news and what we lose. This is News It or Lose It. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. You might want to turn his mic on. I was speaking like, I feel like I don't, I feel like I don't hear anything. Um, sorry about that. That's my fault. Um, I was like, am I tripping? I was like, I can hear you in the room, but I cannot hear you in my I, did, I switched mics. I okay. apologize. Okay. So Ashley There are Graham, so many microphones in here that are, are all facing different directions. Indeed. Just like grab one and hope for the best. I should just start talking into random ones at every segment just to keep Justin on his toes. Um, okay. So Ashley Graham recently tweeted out or put on Instagram, I should say, um, this photo of her and she's pregnant right now. Ashley Graham is a plus size model um, who is gorgeous and like, uh, it's interesting to me that this Can is... Can I see a picture? Yes, yes, yes. Um, this is her. Um, I'll, I'll make sure to tweet out this um, at the end of the segment, but she's a beautiful, beautiful woman and um, she tweeted Instagram this photo of like her side, basically. And people are excited about it because she is... Uh, oh, yes, I know. I know this person. Okay. Yes, I've seen her. Yeah, she's super hot. She tweeted out the side of her <laughs> Her body, you can scroll up and see it, um, and it yeah, shows like yeah. it shows some side boob, and it also like kind of shows her folds and like a roll and all that. She's pregnant, you know. Oh yeah, she's got some stretch marks, yeah. which everyone's gonna get when they get pregnant. And, got well, it. and that's what they were talking about. They were like, they were so excited to see pregnancy photos with stretch marks, and I thought like, do pregnancy photos not normally include stretch marks? But apparently, like this has been a big deal at the time of this article um, it had 1.2 million likes on it and people were just like really excited about it right now it still has you know 1.25 million um, likes on it and people were really excited to see this model showing stretch marks and you know her roles and like the different pieces of her body that people are not always excited to show so, so can we show these even when we're not pregnant Listen, because I can show you. Never mind. Because that's a whole different feed that I can. It's a different direction. <laughs> it's a whole. But different it's thing. it's a niche market for me. But I think I could I could switch to that theme. You, you want to go into the plus size modeling world? Is that what? No, is no, that no. What you just like posting pictures of me with stretch marks. Oh, well, well, I'm saying you could go lean that into that completely. <laughs> and just like I don't really... know if I'd have what it takes to be a model. Though. I mean, if you can, if you put your mind to it, I believe in you, Allison Johnson. I mean, maybe if it was just like everything but legs. <laughs> Okay. That could be the line. Everything but legs. Um, okay. So, do you drink soda? No. Not at all? No, I used to be a Diet Coke girl. Okay. And then I heard it gives you a hump, so I stopped. Well, they say Diet Coke is actually works for, wait, a hump like in your back? Yeah. There's a Diet, the, look it up, there's a Diet Coke hump. 
That cannot be real. It is. It's like Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm serious. As much Diet Coke as Donald Trump drinks, the idea that there's a, a hump. Well, he does have a hump. He does kind of have a hump in his back, though, doesn't he? He does. Okay. I'm, well, I'm saying. Well, apparently, <laughs> well, apparently uh, the people over at Coke are working on a new drink. Cinnamon Coke was previously available as a flavor variant for Coke Zero, but was only available in the UK for a limited time uh, this winter. But people here in the States will soon be getting to taste Cinnamon Coke. I will tell you my favorite Coke flavor is like the vanilla cherry like when you go to, like, to the dream machine you can add the cherry and the vanilla. What is that face? <laughs> Why the hate? Ugh. I don't think that cherry and vanilla go together in soft drink form. I'm not really about flavored soft drinks, though, in general. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even like Dr. Pepper. I don't like it when there's cherry Coke. I don't really, I don't like, you know, that Red Mountain Dew or You're anything like that. You're a Coke You like to slide your face across the mirror and call it what it yeah, is. Yeah, just a Diet Coke or a Pepsi. That's really yeah. all I can do. Okay, some people call what just happened there and some people didn't. It's what? Like, What'd you say? I said, You're a Coke purist. You like to slide your face across the mirror <laughs> and you said, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. 100%. That's me. Um, yes, but Cinnamon Coke is coming and they're, I think they're doing this as a holiday thing. Yes, they're doing it for the holidays, but there's also going to be a winter spiced cranberry Sprite. Which That's ridiculous. sounds like you would really hate that. Yep, and because they're, both they're in doing holiday cans. Of course, they're they what if they were smart at all, they would be doing everything pumpkin spice, sprite pumpkin See, spite. I don't know if pumpkin spice works for each either one of these. Like cinnamon, I'm cinnamon already having, doesn't work anyway. Well, I'm having a hard time with the idea of cinnamon Coke. I don't know what that's going to taste like. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and taste it when it comes. Both of these will come out, by the way, on September 30th this year, so you can try them out in different places while supplies last. But I could see the cranberry Sprite being a good thing. I could be here for that. Cranberry Sprite, I could get with if it was mixed in with vodka. Okay, I could see that. If it was part of my mixed drink, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that happening. But it's, I don't think that cinnamon and Coke belong together, just the same as I didn't think orange and Coke belong together. Okay, orange and Coke is gross, but like I love a cherry Coke. I love a vanilla Coke. Justin, you're nodding that you seem like you like this you as like well. You like vanilla you're, Coke? You're into I this. like the vanilla root beer. I don't think I've had That's that. That's disgusting. How is it? It's like a root beer float. Oh. I don't like root beer floats. You're such a purist with your I'm sodas. a monster. You are a monster. Wow, you're really vehement about this. You have, like, you have, the, you have the angry face about it, too. No. You've got real lesbo on me. Well, I just, I, I don't, maybe it's a texture thing for me, but I don't like root beer at all. See, root beer, I'm not a big fan of because it's too sweet to me. But I know people that love root beer, and I could see the vanilla root beer thing being good if you like a, a vanilla float, a root beer float, I, which I do kind of enjoy that. I've maybe gotten down with a Coke float. That's it. I could do a Coke float. Would you do an orange cherry vanilla Coke float? Cherry vanilla Coke. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. (laughs) That sounds like a lot. Maybe I could see a... a, uh, Oh, wait, a cherry vanilla Coke float, yes. But you were talking about a vanilla orange Coke or something? I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Any flavor with Coke is no. I would do a vanilla orange Sprite float. (laughs) Now that sounds like a spout. A spout? A spout. You know, that's, no. what you, that's what you dig in the garden. I spout you. I spout you. Okay, coming up. The Obamas have their first big anti-Trump statement of the 2020 election. And what the heck does absidarian mean? Those things are up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett, and we are smack dab in the middle of News It or Lose It. We've already discussed, what's her name? 
Ashley Graham? Ashley Graham. I was like, it's not Ashley Madison. Don't say no, Ashley Madison, No, not Ashley Madison. <laughs> and uh, now where are we going next? Now we're talking about the Obamas. They are doing what people are seeing as their first uh, slam of Donald Trump. Whoa. <clears throat> You'll remember that the Obamas recently signed a Netflix deal where they're going to be doing television series and documentaries and films, all kinds of different stuff. Keeping with, up with the Obamas? Keeping up with the Obamas, right. You'll be able to follow Sasha and Malia through college. Um, that's <laughs> Literally. not happening. Literally, right. That is not happening. Um, but the they're, they have a company called Higher Ground where they're you know taking in a lot of different content. And the first film is going to be coming out relatively soon on Netflix. It is called American Factory. And basically, it is exploring the workforce of America and how um, you know Donald Trump has been promising that he's bringing back manufacturing jobs and coal jobs and all this different stuff. And this is kind of investigating the truth of that and how it is not going to happen the way that he's saying it's going to. So they're these, doing a whole series about like disproving something that Trump is saying? Well, no, no, no. This is a documentary that is, it's not about Trump. It's a documentary that's about the manufacturing business. And they this film premiered at Sundance, and they saw the film, and they were like, this is fantastic, and they bought it to be their first Got piece. it, got it. So they're not in it, they're just pr- kind of producing it. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't even use Donald Trump's name in a very Michelle Obama kind of way, um, but they are talking about how manufacturing jobs are not leaving because companies aren't hiring people, they're leaving because because of automation, right? They're leaving because of robotics. robots. Yeah, I was at a at a, a major a major company's uh, world convention. I'll say that, and they were talking about they're going to be laying off a quarter of their workforce over the over the course of you know a number of years because they're automating things because they're, of GD Siri because of because of GD Siri, um, GD Alexa, GD Cortana, who you brought up recently. I was like, is Cortana still around? She's there. <laughs> She's there doing something. But yeah. So this this documentary um, debuts on Netflix on August twenty first. It never, as I said, it never mentions Donald Trump by name, but its message is clear. This is according to the political article. It says, Trump's promise to reinvigorate the industrial heartland is going to take a lot more than a campaign slogan. There are no easy solutions. And if some manufacturing jobs do come back, they're going to look a lot different than they used to. Because some of these jobs are have come back, but they're not unionized. They don't have the same benefits. They don't have the same um, uh, working environments. And there is not going to be what it was because that, that time is gone. Yeah. And I feel like I always see car commercials that are like, we make all of this by hand. Look at the leather work. And the and the weaving that goes involved. Mm-hmm. We do it with heart, and I'm like, but then you go to the manufacturing plant. I'm sure it's just a bunch of robots making these stupid leather seats. Well, the only things really being made by hand now are like really expensive cars, like Rolls Royces and you right. know, those kinds of cars that are really high end. So. But now robots are building robot cars. Robots are building the more robots. They are for sure. So uh, American Factory will be out on Netflix um, later on this month. So, uh, well, actually, that's tomorrow, uh, August twenty first. So. The word genius.com word of the day, because the abs- the dictionary.com word of the day was kind of boring, but word genius, their word of the day is abcedarian. 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 Now, it's a Harry Potter. Um, command. You're so far from close, but um, there is a hint in here. Remember we talked about like uh, baby names that people would regret and Absidae was one of them? Yes. What do we know about the name Absidae? That it's every for the first letters of the alphabet? Yes. And that so what does Absidarian mean? The first letters of Somebody who studies the letters? You're very close. Somebody who studies the first five letters of the alphabet? It's Absidarian is an adjective 
of or relating to the alphabet or arranged in alphabetical order. That's the closest you've gotten. <laughs> After you coached me through it. <laughs> Mind you, I don't ever know what any of these damn words mean either. So like, but yes, that was pretty close. Okay, so I study the al- alphabet. I'm an absidarian? Well, no, no, no. It means for something to be of or relating to the alphabet. So anything that has something to do with the alphabet or if things are arranged in alphabetical order, they are oh, absidarian. It's an, it's an absidarian word. It, right, or you you have you are in absidarian studies or you're you're wearing an absidarian shirt because it has the alphabet on it or something like that. <laughs> Why would anyone wear a shirt with the alphabet on it? I love letters. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Well, after that flawless tease, I bet you're <laughs> very excited to tune in to Drop the Subject because we are on a mission today. We've tried firsthand the Popeye spicy chicken sandwich, which everyone has been raving about. And Jarrett was nice enough to almost be late to the show picking up spicy chicken sandwiches for us. Indeed, I'm a giver. Because they have been very, very popular, giver. and the uh, the line was very long, and you picked up four chicken sandwiches. We tried them all on the air at the beginning of the show. If you missed it, please look. Tune into the podcast, download the podcast, subscribe, and you can you can witness firsthand. Or us. hit rewind on the radio. Sure, you know? yeah, just hit rewind on the radio. <laughs> that works. That'll definitely work. Um, and then we thought to ourselves, hey, you know, this is the first time LGBTQIA people are enjoying a chicken sandwich free of bigotry. I mean, we have no guilt around this chicken sandwich. We need a bigot-free, bigotry bigotry free bigot free I'm just trying to say bigot as many times as I can basically <laughs> bigot free chicken sandwich we need a bigot sandwich. free chicken sandwich we do so because we enjoyed the Popeye sandwich so much which I think most of us gave it four and five stars we figured why not contact a Popeye's location and get the ball rolling let's actually get some approval and get this chicken sandwich officially stamped with approval but Allie and I are too famous to just like call them ourselves right so I feel like we should enlist <laughs> Like Linda. Because okay. Linda is a fag hag. Oh. And let me tell you, she loves her a homosexual. <laughs> she does. She's actually been in love with maybe more than one homosexual. Oh. Well, I didn't know at the time that they were homosexuals, but I found out after the fact. After we were having sex and he was not erect. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole different situation. I can't discuss that with you. <laughs> it was not erect. Popeyes can help you. Hi, uh, who am I speaking with? This is Patrick. Hey, Patrick, th- uh, this is Linda. I'm calling from B97 HD2, and we are live on the air right now. I'm sorry. Can you hear me any better now, baby? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm calling from B97 HD2. We are on the radio right now, and we just had your chicken sandwich, and we love it. I wanted to call you because we are Channel Q, and we are LGBTQIA station, and we are so excited about the sandwich because we used to go to the other chicken sandwich place, but they are bigots. You know, they give to the anti-LGBTQIA movement. And we wanted to find out if you would be interested in making this chicken sandwich from Popeye's the official sandwich of the LGBTQIA community. Man, I'm so, I got a lot of full of people right now. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to look at them and me take their order, too. Understood. So I can't hear. Well, well, who can I talk to? I am the manager, but I'm, we're real busy right now. But you could just say, yes, it's fine if you wanted to be the official sandwich of the well, LGBTQ. Yes, I, excuse me? I'm trying to, I can't, I can't hear because I have a lot of noise in the background. Okay. When would be a better time for me to talk with you, baby? I have another manager coming in in about 30 minutes. So you call me back. That would be fantastic. And what is his name? It's her. It should be in about five minutes. I okay. mean, about 30 minutes. 
All right, I will give her a call back. Thank you so much, Thank baby. You. Now I just love a woman in power. <laughs> So I will be giving her a call right You have right been known back. to dabble. <laughs> I have been known to dabble. With other homosexuals. So Linda will be giving that manager back a call. Well, you know, I don't know who I liked more, Patrick or Linda. Well, you know, Linda's a fun lady. I, I think that Linda needs to make more appearances on Drop a Subject. And I think that we need to call more Papa. I mean, of course, we need to call Patrick back when the, manager, when the other manager gets in, the lady manager. But I think that we need to call corporate. We need to really continue we do. on this mission and, and have a whole campaign to get this sandwich to be the official LGBTQ sandwich. I'm also thinking this could backfire on us. We might make this the sandwich too liberal and they might have to get rid of it. Like they might well, be like, have, to have a new backfire chicken sandwich. Exactly. They'd be like, oh, the homosexuals came in and ruined the chicken sandwich. <laughs> Why would we ruin the chicken sandwich? We would just put glitter on it. Oh, oh wait. Yum. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, that sad music means that it's time to bring Drop the Subject to a close. Closing time. I know you might be feeling a range of emotions. Maybe relief. Us too. <laughs> Let's I, get... <laughs> I could understand why you might be relieved that we were getting out of your ear, but I could also understand why you'd be so sad. This is Happy Endings. Because there are sad things in the world. There's real bummer news pretty much everywhere you look. So we like to end the show on a hap, hap, happity note. What is your happy ending? Why don't we start with you, Ginger Justin? My happy ending is, yeah, four hours is a lot of radio time to fill, but we survived with berries, bugs, and Popeye's chicken sandwiches. That's true. It was nice getting a full chicken sandwich at the beginning of the show because it really has carried me through. <laughs> it allowed me to do a horrible uh, tease well, in between songs. There you go. It allowed me to stutter over myself several times throughout you, the show today. You burped in a couple of commercial breaks? I mean, oh. you know, thank you. I thank you for that spicy chicken sandwich. And that's just another reason why it needs to be the official LGBTQ chicken sandwich. Indeed. Okay, my happy ending is Jarrett, I know that it's a bummer that you thought you won Homecoming King and you actually did not. Oh God, are we bringing this back up? But, <laughs> but look on the bright side. I was voted most likely to have her own sitcom in high school and I'd never even come close to ever having my own sitcom. And I bet people look through that yearbook every once in a while and go, whatever happened to her, she seems like her life probably sucks. So you should be happy that you didn't win because there are now no expectations. Wow. Um, when you put it that way, <laughs> I was voted most likely to have a talk show. So <laughs> here we oh, are. Okay. Here we are. Well, that one kind of backfired, didn't it? <laughs> Damn it. What is your happy ending, Jared? That was going on. All right. Well, I guess I don't have a sitcom and you don't have a talk show. Well, I mean, this is literally a talk show. This is us talking. For I guess four you're hours. right. So yeah. you you were able to pull through yeah, and I wasn't. Exactly. Awesome. I feel great. I was voted to uh, be most likely to be a supporting character on an HD2 radio station. No way. Really? Yeah, that is great. That is crazy, Justin. Gosh, they have a lot of categories now, don't say, they? Also, a lot of foresight. To know, like, HD2 was going to be a big thing. Yeah, they were like, you know what? It's going to be such a thing that we're going to make a category for in the yearbook. Exactly, because it... <laughs> I hate you people. What's, what's really your happy say. ending, Jared? Um, I, my happy ending is, is very nonspecific. I'm just... I'm really happy to have met Linda. Oh, 
Great. I think Linda is something that we need more in this world. I think that Linda makes, I mean, she is definitely a happy ending in the sense that she makes you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. She says baby a lot, which I really like. And honey. And honey. And sugar. Oh, it's so comforting. Makes me feel like I can just rest my head under her pillowy breasts. I, <laughs> Maybe not underneath. That well, was a weird well, word. Well, I mean, use. depends on what you're into. <laughs> like right next to the boob sweat. Well, I'm just going to lift these up. I, yeah. oh, so and they're like a little damp. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> Boop sweat on your face. Just a slightness. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, but I think. And there's the music. I love that she's the the special the the new um, publicist for the LGBTQIA community. 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 Um, and she will continue to campaign. And for she will. Popeyes. She's going to do sandwich. the hard work of uh, of getting Popeyes to say yes to LGBTQIA because she loves the IA. Uh, <laughs> especially especially um, but yes I'm excited about Linda yep. and, and where she might go I'm excited about Linda too I can't wait to see her again tomorrow we can't see uh, wait to see you again tomorrow we have a whole new live a show segue, like a professional tomorrow alley. yeah it's the chicken sandwich talking uh, if you missed anything don't forget to download the podcast drop the subject wherever you find your podcast as, and as always our show continues on social media at DTS show also make sure if you are if you listen to the podcast we would love to to see you in the comments or in the reviews like tell us what you think about the show give us a five star review it really helps the show to be able to have more prominence on in the different streaming platforms it really makes a big difference so make sure to go leave a review shows live and die by their reviews they do okay so please please god <laughs> please let us guys, live don't on. don't let Jarrett's high school dream falter <laughs> i'm telling you it is so important sugar <laughs> oh all right we'll see you tomorrow bye bye on the next on the next drop the subject Everyone's been freaking out about this hot new chicken sandwich, but we're on a mission. Yeah, since Chick-fil-A has ruined chicken sandwiches for all of us, we want to adopt this new spicy chicken sandwich as the official sandwich of the LGBTQIA community. So, we got a brand new publicist. Her name is Linda. Hey, Linda. Hey, Sugars. And finally, we've got a question. Is there something your significant other demands that you watch that you just absolutely hate? Who has two thumbs and was forced to watch a Jonas Brothers documentary last night? It's me. Oh, I'm so sorry, baby. Thank you, Linda. Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. On the new Channel Q.